Welcome to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. This is episode eight. I am your host, Tim Markley. Happy to be with you here today. We're going to talk about ChatGPT and an AI program that is turning the educational world upside down. You can check us out on our website at kaltmanlaw.com or if you have a question, call us at 888-984-1341. This podcast is for information only and should not be considered legal advice. There is no representation that the legal services to be performed by LOCA are better than the services of other attorneys. There is no guarantee of the outcome. Success is rendered on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim Markley from K. Altman Law. You are listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. Schools are back from break and heading into the spring semester. Students are also finding creative ways to get in trouble. You may have gotten into trouble yourself, which is why you're listening to us. Now, you think you can handle it, but you may be surprised to know that you need a lawyer. At K. Altman Law, we talked to hundreds of people who discovered that what they thought was no big deal was really a life-altering event. Students who thought they could work it out with the school are being expelled, suspended, or placed on probation. This podcast will discuss those issues, tell you where to find help, and explain how the system works. One issue we often deal with is plagiarism. It can be tough for both the students and the universities to resolve concerns about students and their work. Recent developments, though, have raised the stakes even more when it relates to this issue. A company called OpenAI shocked the academic world with the release of a product called ChatGPT. This artificial intelligence software can write articles, write computer code, and answer complicated questions. It has the potential to disrupt or transform the education environment completely. To dig deeper into this, we have asked Gary Day and Dr. Robert Wright to join us. Gary is the Director of Operations for K. Altman Law and a technology expert. Dr. Wright is a former college professor at the Air Force Academy and the University of New Mexico. He currently serves on the student defense team at K. Altman Law. We're going to talk today about ChatGPT and its implications for students in college. Thank you both for joining us today. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right, Gary, we're going to start with you. Just what is ChatGPT? So ChatGPT hit the market somewhere around November. It's an AI that understands human language and also an AI that understands programming. Um, So it allows you to ask it in a natural language different questions and ask it to pull different pieces of information for you. Okay, so at at the end of the day, what does it do if I ask it a question? Well, so it has the ability to say, um, can you give me the shopping list if I want to make spaghetti and meatballs tonight? Okay, since we deal in the college world, how would a college kid use this, Gary? So you're able to ask it to write a paper. You could ask it and tell it how many words. You could even tell it that you want it to cover so many topics within that area. 
So basically, you can kind of describe and outline what you'd like it to create, and then a few seconds later, it starts putting the text on the screen. Now, what kind of quality do you get from this? Well, so far, there's been lots of different um, comparisons. Um, I think that uh, they've used ChatGPT to take some college exams, and I think they were coming in at C. Um, I've heard that people have used it to create uh, new versions of their resume that have been very successful. So it's kind of a, a CNB kind of uh, uh, kind of score there. I think I've heard some people refer to it as you know sometimes it does things at a twelfth grade level. So this isn't the only AI writer out there, though, is it? No, but this is the one that has really changed things as we know it um it's the first one that has really done a great job of understanding what we ask it and how to how to formulate that uh one of the big challenges that they've had with this kind of um this kind of project has been putting in the right restrictions and the right guidance so that something doesn't pull the wrong information earlier versions scan the web and then you'd ask it a certain topic and then it might it might bring back a lot of like hate speech or something like that so this new version has been programmed in with all these great uh controls and this model seems to be really working well so rob you were a college professor how is this going to impact college professors and students well, you know, the, the problem with any technology like this, obviously, is that it can be used well or it can be used badly. Um, I, I think what's happened with this one is we, we've seen kind of what people were fearing um, to some degree all along, where there's been kind of a, a, a quantum leap, you know, in the quality of what this can do. And, you know, beyond just answering questions for you, this can actually take uh, a bunch of information, which which might look like you know just a pile of information about a, a given topic, and actually put it together in a cogent narrative, you know, prose. So basically, like you know, and, and this is exactly what what is being done in the majority of school work, right? Is is writing an essay, kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know to tell you the truth, if this has become any kind of an issue yet in creative writing kind of things, but it certainly will because these, you know, AI just keeps getting more and more sophisticated and more and more human-like. And, you know, there's the problem. Um, if, if your job is to evaluate the learning and skill level of a person, of people, which is exactly what education is, um, anything that can, you know, fool that or create, you know, a false positive, a false negative, whatever, is a problem. Um, now, of course, at the same time here, the, the ability to detect these things advances too, right? Um, there's a, a student, I, I don't even think he was a grad student, maybe an undergrad at Princeton, who just recently came out with... Uh, I forget what it's called, uh, GP zero or something like that, um, that evidently has been pretty uh, successful at 
picking this apart, of detecting AI, even as sophisticated as this is. So it's kind so of like a, 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 you know, a war of escalation, right? Just kind of, a, you know. So we've got an arms race yeah, between AI and detecting AI. Yeah. We may get to the point, Gary, where AI is detecting AI. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, right? Computers program themselves. Uh, machines build themselves and, you know, pretty soon humans are just a nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this is if you give an assignment as a professor and I use chat GPT to help me write it, is that plagiarism? Um, I don't think it would be, I think, a new category, right? It, it wouldn't actually be plagiarism because you're not taking something that's been done, but it would be I guess basically the same as cheating, right? So basically hiring somebody to write it for you, right? Uh, in this case, um, they'd be pretty cheap because you know whatever whatever a subscription to this is going to cost um, is is by its nature going to be pretty affordable. And you know if you can get by on this kind of thing, at first it, it's an issue of can you get away with this? And you know uh, people who are inclined to do that kind of thing and take those kind of risks will. But as it becomes more and more common, um, you know, there, there's no reason to think that using it won't become more and more acceptable to some degree. Um, and, and then you, you really get into a problem as, as, a, as an educator as to how you evaluate people, you know, how you evaluate people's performance when you don't know if they've actually done this or not. It's just an extension of the whole thing that basically started with online education so so gary these are getting pretty sophisticated i mean i was reading that chat gpt has been used to write google ad copy it's being used to write haikus even uh and even some other kind of creative writing um where's this all going well you know first i, I want to comment it's not flawless right and it can you know depending on how you ask the question it can come back and kind of misunderstand and write something or or maybe even you ask it to make a list of certain things in a topic and you read through it and I'm like, wait a second, that one thing doesn't have anything to do with what I was asking for. So you do really have to um, you really do have to have to look at what it kicks out. Now, you know, I, I believe that this is going to be more like a calculator is today um, down the road in the future. This will be a tool that you use to maybe get the groundwork for whatever you're trying to pull together. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard it. Um, I have a friend of mine who used it to pull together a disaster recovery program for his IT department. And he went through it and some of the things didn't have anything to do with it. Some of the things it pulled out, he had never even thought of. So um, I think this is going to be a tool that we use as we go forward. All right, so Rob, you're the instructor. You teach college online as well and have taught to other classes in the past. How could you use this kind of AI in the classroom? Well, I think what, what Gary said, I, I would agree with. The, um, it, it's a, it would be a great tool, right, for assembling information and even finding information um, if you were, say, doing a presentation or something like that, right? Um the problem becomes when the point of the exercise 
that you're doing in, a, in an assignment for school as opposed to anything else is the whole point of the exercise is to show what you can do, what you know. Um, and that I think, and, and obviously, you know, using something that just pulls up information and puts it together for you um, is playing a different role in a situation like that that's unique to the education. Um, compared to other things. I, I agree completely to be a great tool for, for putting together, you know, probably 90% of the kinds of things that people are typically trying to, to work on. I, I would love to use something like this if I had to do a, um, you know, a talk or a presentation on some subject um, that I was familiar with. Um, so I could, you know, judge for myself whether it's, it's giving me what I want or not. But it'd be great to organize things and, and bring things in. The problem would be if you can fool people, for lack of a better word, into thinking um, you know something about a subject that you just don't or that you've mastered some knowledge that you really haven't. So technology has changed how we've learned all, learn already. I mean, Gary's got an example of the calculator is a perfect example. We give exams now, and folks have a TI-83 or 86 calculator that does high-end trigonomic functions. So does ChatGPT become one of those kinds of tools to, to help students? And, and so what do we do with that? So How do future, I assess? Yeah, go ahead, Gary. Uh, in, in the future, it's almost going to be a job requirement. If you're if you don't know how to leverage ChatGPT or whatever the current AI tool is out there, then you're not going to be successful as the person beside you. This is going to be something where it's like, okay, I have a task to do. Bam! I use ChatGPT to get me my initial draft or my initial outline of of what I'm trying to pull together, and then I apply my additional skills to turn it into the finished product. If I were if I were refusing to use these tools in the future then I would be starting from scratch and it'd be a lot more time consuming. I wouldn't be near as competitive. Okay, so how, but how do I know at the end of the day that you, are, you actually are learning the basic concepts? So if I'm doing a history lesson, I'm a history teacher, and I want to, do you really know the causes of the Civil War? Do I go back to making my kid take their, te their test and paper, with paper and pencil and have them handwrite the answers so, I know, so he's not cheating on their computer? I think part of, I think I've read somewhere where teachers have to change the way that they test the students. So it's going to be more of a, okay, you submitted a paper. Now I need to quiz you on that paper and see if you really do know the knowledge you need to have created that piece. So Gary, we're going to, Rob talked about there, there was folks out there already working on ways to detect if a kid used AI on, on his writing. I've heard things from digital watermarks to how it's put together. Uh, what's that going to look like down the road? I'm I'm hard pressed to believe that it it's going to be a better mousetrap and a better mousetrap. I mean, there's going to be changes in AI, and then there's going to be something that tries to catch it, and there'll be in changes in AI. So I'm not quite sure you're going to be able to stay ahead of that. <laughs> so we're gonna. We work with kids who get in trouble at K. Altman Law, and plagiarism is one of those things that we that we deal a lot with. So, so Robert, how is this going to impact what we're doing? Do you think we'll still see plagiarism as a major concern? 
I think it's going to be a major concern. I'm not sure what they're going to do to address it. Um, you know, the, the, one of the problems that we have with plagiarism is how do you, how do you know, right? That something's been plagiarized unless if, if you're, if you're say the investigator of somebody's plagiarism charge, um, un, unless you can pull it up, right? Find the source and say, aha, here it is. Here's what you plagiarized from, right? And compare it to that. Um, you can't really prove it, um, in a sense, like you would have to in a, in a courtroom or something like that, um, you know, you can show it and then it's a, a, an evaluation of, well, is this too close or, you know, to, to, you know, is it within the parameters of, okay, it's massaged enough that it isn't technically plagiarism. Um, you know, we deal with this already in, in, in the law, in copyright cases and patent cases and things like that, right? How similar is it? Where did you get this idea from? Um, for our people, actually, kind of take getting getting off the track a little bit for, for our purposes at Kay Altman, um, I think it's going to become uh, how in, in the future, what standard do universities and other schools use to convincingly demonstrate plagiarism or that you've used AI? You know, um, they say you did, you say you didn't. Well, you know, what, what's the standard of proof, right? Um, and especially when you're talking about something like AI, like this program we're talking about, which creates the content for you. It isn't like somebody can go online and find the, the published text that you took this from, right? It's not a cut and paste kind of thing. It really was created um, uniquely for you. You didn't create it, but, you know, they're not going to be able to find it somewhere. Well, Gary, talk about that creation process. How does this AI create this content? Well, here's here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking. Anytime we put something electronically, you know, anytime you send a text, anytime you send an email, there's a copy of this. There's there's a log uh, that that you did this. So, I mean, I it, I kind of suspect that there might very well be a log for our interactions with the AI. There might be a way that the colleges could actually say, you'd actually be able to, to find out that, well, yes, you, you know, this was exactly, you know, 90% of what you ever, you turned your paper in was given to you by chat GPT on October 1st. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, as long as something's electronic, there's a possibility that that can be retrieved. Well, I've also heard that what some professors are starting to do is collect writing samples from their students. And so that when they return in an essay, they can look at your in-class writing and compare it to this and say, look, you were writing like a college freshman here. You turn this paper in and you're writing like a PhD. And that's going to make things interesting for us if we come to a plagiarism case where they're just saying, look, you're, you're a freshman, but you're writing at a PhD level. We think you're cheating. So, Rob, what's that going to do for us in terms of how do you defend that? Um, it, it becomes hard to do. And what, what Gary said is, is true. You know, if you have access to the computer, um, schools have already started doing this, right? A lot of schools have already banned this program and, and other programs like it from the school computers. So you can't do it there, but of course people can still use their personal device to do it. Um, 
So then it becomes what, like, you know, like, like turning in your cell phone or something for them to do a forensic analysis on it to see if you, you know, um, I guess that's possible, but that would be kind of a, a clumsy way <laughs> to go into the, to the future. I think, um, you know, I, I think we are going to see um, this arms race kind of thing. I think they're going to come, you know, it's like, well, you know, you, you've got a, a great, um, a great program here that writes stuff that no one can detect has been created for you. It's like, well, no, no, there's, you know, X2, X2 can detect it. Nothing can get by them. Oh, wait a minute. X3, X3 can get by X2, you know? Um, and, and, you know, none of that obviously is going to solve the, the, the integral problem. And this goes to what Gary was saying, right? I think we're going to have to come up with other ways to test people. We might have to go back, God forbid, to the old days of oral exams, right? <laughs> Where you have to actually appear in person and answer questions that, that are asked. You know, this will be, you know, like, uh, like the uh, pre-electronic days, right? And pre-typewriter days. Um, that might be the way you get around something like this in general, right? If you just want to know about uh, knowledge and skill level, if you want to know about writing skills, then that's another problem, right? Because, you know. Well, I see, I think this has huge implications for what we teach. I mean, they've already had chat GPT pass the, uh, an MBA exam. Mm -hmm. They've had it pass a bar exam. Uh, if I can get a machine to do all of that, then what do we teach in college? How do we, what, what changes in terms of not only what we teach, but how we teach it? Uh, a lot of possibilities down the road. And Gary, they, they're using this to write computer code now, aren't they? Right. So there's a whole section to this, this chat GPT. It's called Jet, chat GPT 3.5. And this version came out with a, with a human language text portion and then a human language coding portion. And you can... You can go out there and say, okay, I need you to write this HTTP code that is going to go and pull the weather from New York. And I wanted to, to update every 30 minutes and show on the web page. And it'll go out and it'll like write all this sample code. Now, there'll still be pieces in there that you have to plug in for different components of like where you're actually going to get the weather from and, and some other pieces. But it'll write the general code as as they teach this thing to interface directly with other systems, this thing will do it more and more. I heard, I heard an example. They, in India, there was a case where um, they, they were asking, they had a, a, a regular novice person was asking ChatGPT how to access a government service, how to get some kind of, of uh, service from the government. And so ChatGPT hooked out and said, okay, you're going to need to go to this side and go to this side and complete this form and complete this form. And so first that was just mind-blowing that that ChatGPT could could navigate the, the logistics of figuring that out. Then... The next question that the guy asked was, okay, can you do it for me? And, and so to have something that came out in November have real-world application to a farmer in India three months later, I mean, that's, that's just mind-blowing. 
All right, gentlemen, we are running up on our time. We're not going to solve any problems today, but I thought this was a great topic to sort of begin the to begin talking about because I think it has a lot of implications for students. I think there's lots of opportunities for abuse with students. If you're accused of cheating using ChatGPT, remember to give us a call at K Altman Law and we can help you navigate that process. Any final thoughts, Rob? Um, no, I think, you know, this is, this is the, the future, right? Things are going to keep, keep popping up like this and we have to just keep adapting and, um, you know, this talking about it in, in situations like we just have been is, is the first step in doing that. All right. Gary, any final thoughts? Um, I think this is just like any new technology. The people that embrace this are going to, uh, are going to excel. So again, learn how to use the calculator. All right. Maybe in a few months, we'll come back and we'll take another look at ChatGPT and the other AI programs out there and uh, see what how much disruption they've caused in that short time. Thank you both for being here and discussing this topic. I am sure this will not be the last time we discuss ChatGPT. If you were accused of cheating with ChatGPT or just accused of cheating the old-fashioned way, reach out to K. Altman Law for professional advice. The school or university has complex rules, policies, and procedures to govern the process. They have a legal staff to advise them, and you should as well. You need experienced help to get the results that you need. Trust a firm such as K. Altman Law to guide you through the legal minefield and get the results that you want. Thank you again for listening to the Legally Blind Justice Podcast. If you have a legal question, call us at one 984 1341 or check us out on the web at kaltmanlaw.com.